0: From Relay FM, this is the Pen Addict 344 is this episode's number. Today we are brought to you by Squarespace, Pen and Mace the Design. My name is Mike Hurley. I'm joined by Brad Dowdy. Hi, Brad Dowdy.
1: Hello, Tom Bobson, writer of Techie oh. Magazine. How are you?
0: <laughs>
1: you knew I was going to do it to you. I mean, how I, did you not, I how did you not assume? I should have and
0: then been prepared. I thought about it earlier, but then forgot. <laughs>
1: I love our made up personas from fake uh, website uh magazine. You are a techie writer Tom Bobson. Tom Bobson. I am James I am Johnson James, from James a Johnson tech company. From a tech company, yes. So if you're if you're not tracking with us and don't follow us on Twitter, uh Mike and I's Twitter images got hijacked for use from something that we're not gonna do. This happens to. to
0: me more than I would care for it to happen. Mm-hmm. I so think this d- is Doc MacArthur picked this up for us. I mm-hmm. uh, just found it on some website. I mean, I'm sure he was just looking it up um and found, like and just saw us there like mm-hmm. people use my avatar like I've seen like dribble profiles and stuff like people's actual <laughs> like profiles with their portfolios, and they use my picture. I don't really understand it. These yeah. things they just happen sometimes, like somebody uses yeah. it somewhere and it just gets sucked into some search term. you know the
1: internet scraper,
0: maybe it's like internet hipster they type in and they just get <laughs> me in and... Well, I think this I think this is my first, so I'm I'm pretty happy with it. Thanks, James Johnson from mm-hmm. a tech company. <laughs> they they didn't even bother. Some,
1: uh-uh. <laughs> it was pretty great though. So yeah. I mean I, I was not gonna let that slide. There was no way. You've known me long enough yeah. to know that there's no way I'm letting that slide. So, Mike Hurley, really, how are you today?
0: Very good. Um, but Brad, what are you using today? That's what I wanna mm. know.
1: That's a good question. I have uh I'm using one of my all-time personal favorite pens and we'll we'll talk about this in multiple places in this episode, but the Y Studio portable fountain pen, it's just one of those pens that's me. Like mm-hmm. it's not an everybody pen. It's not a pen I recommend a lot, but it's a pen that's almost perfect for me. Just style, design, story, feel, look, wear, usability, quality, all these things. Mm-hmm. It's a Brad pen. It's one of those Brad pens that's uh, that's out there on the on the interwebs. You know them when you see them. Like, oh, that's a Brad pen. This is a Brad pen. Um, I just love it, and um, it comes with a Schmidt nib, which I think I've had this pen for like two or three years now, but I don't think I ever used the original Schmidt nib. It co- it came out immediately, popped in a Franklin Christoph number five nib that fits on these Schmidt feeds, popped it right in a uh, broad of italic nib and uh we've been uh living the dream with this pen ever since it's freaking fantastic i love this pen and i hadn't had it inked up for a while so that's why i wanted to get it back in the rotation right it's it's a pen that should actually never leave my rotation but you can't keep pens inked up year round even if you're you know changing them out and cleaning them you know you want to mix it up every every now and then but this yeah. is one of those pens that would absolutely like if i picked like five pens to be in like the annual rotation this would be one of them i did uh i did test out an ink in this which I was anxious to te- to to try out i think we talked about it on the show i don't know a month or two ago maybe maybe in the gift in the gift guide episode we talked about it because I was fascinated with the bottle for Ackermann delf's blue it was a limited edition Ackermann ink which they don't do a lot of and you know the story of the the delph region and the the delph uh I guess pottery. I don't know if that's the right term. Ceramics. Mm-hmm. Um, that blue, that beautiful blue color you see on the, on the white, the the artwork and the, way, and the way it looks. It's a really striking color in those ceramics. It's not a very striking color in a fountain pen. So I'm glad I only got samples of those. So thank you for sending me those samples. But this is a a good story for trying before you buy. Um I'm glad I got the ink sample before I committed to a bottle. Yeah. Because there's no way I would use this ink on a regular basis. Okay. Like it's it's perfectly fine. Like it is a basic school blue. Like it's any blue you get from, you know, your standard ink cartridge when you buy the generic pen, right? It's the blue that comes with the Lamy. You know, when you buy a Lamy Safari, you pop that blue in. You're like, oh, this is nice. This is a great blue. It's pretty fun. It's kind of a, a cool color. But there's 8 billion other cooler inks I can put in there. But I needed to test this one out. So I, I wanted to get a good feel of it. So I've inked that up. It's 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 perfectly fine. It's nice. It's just not special. And for this, I would want it to be special. Um, paper. I'm in my last days of... My monthly notebook this month, it was the notco.dash pocket notebook, the monthly paper notebook project, still going along. I haven't filled up one notebook, one pocket notebook per month yet, and I thought for sure I would, but I've been writing a lot, actually. It just tends to go in some bigger notebooks and when I'm planning out some project stuff, so... Um, we'll see. I'm keeping on with the notebook project, and this was the first time, probably my favorite notebook has been in use. So uh, the Doc Dash pocket notebook. So, I mean, all of this you know fits in my pocket. Mm-hmm. You know, it's basically the the pen, the notebook, the ink, the nib, like. You know, this is one pen and a notebook, and that's kind of the carry that I'm using this week. And we're going to talk about Tuesday tool set in, in a minute. And it's a, it's a, I try to switch it up as much as I can. And uh, this is a good setup for me.
0: So I'm still using the panel book all the time, right? Like it's just my, it's just yes. my sitting at the computer notebook. Um, mm-hmm. And today's two pens are, uh, of course, two sailors. The Bongbox Box fifth anniversary, which is the gold. Uh, bong box with the, with the metal grip section. I'm mm. mm-hmm. um, using that. And the 1911 Tangerine. Uh, I'm also using that today, too. What are they inked up with? Oh, uh, the bong box has the gold ink. What is yeah, it the, what is it the called? The matchy-matchy ink. Yeah, the Ibisu ink. Um, Ibisu. Bisu ink. Bisu. Bisu gold. It's got that in it. And... I don't remember what orange I have in my 1911. I think, I think it's Mont Blanc, Lucky orange. Ah, gotcha. Uh, I have like three or four different oranges that I use pretty frequently, so I kind of lose track. Well, I'm going to add to your collection later. We'll
1: talk about that later too. Yes. I'm wondering if there is any particular reason why the 1911 Tangerine is currently inked up. Uh,
0: I've just been thinking about, I've just been thinking (laughs) about it, you know. I wouldn't go let you off the hook that easy. I'm not buying it, but I'm just, like, thinking about it. I did uh, did even go to the extent of, like, I think this might have been this morning. And me and Adina were having breakfast, and I was like, oh, so (laughs) there's this pen. (laughs) (laughs) You know, so I just kind of just planted the seeds for the idea that this $900 Mm -hmm. pen might enter our household at some point. (laughs) uh
1: michael will you pass me the tangerines
0: as <laughs> well oh, it's funny you should mention tangerines <laughs> i didn't bring those out this morning for any reason no, i just kind of just like oh it's like that one that i like but like a bigger one it's like mm-hmm. the, a mix between mm-hmm. that one and the really expensive one with a big nib and she's like oh, okay what she's, I say. she's
1: at the point where she's just gonna blow you off now oh pens right.
0: <laughs> she 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 likes pens right not mm. not to my level right but like she enjoys yeah. i actually I, yeah i have what i what tends to happen every now and then has happened um where there is a stack of pens that has accumulated on my desk mm-hmm. here which mm. means it is time for you to fill these pens mm. right but i just <laughs> haven't gone around oh, to hers. It yet. yes yeah, yeah, yeah. yes so they're just they're given to me to fill them up uh, but amazing. I just haven't gone around to it yet nice
1: um one word on the panel book it also lives on my desk. I just don't happen to have this recording equipment at my desk proper, so otherwise it actually does live on my desk. It's one of my one of my favorite products as well
0: yep dig it so yeah I think if you have if you enjoy this kind of uh, discussion and you've yet to check out uh the Tuesday tool set series that brad has been working mm-hmm. on that we've spoken a bit in the past um i'll put a link in the show notes to the past two weeks very good brad still want to see you labeling those images but aside yeah from that, it looks very very good
1: yeah so like three weeks ago i labeled one of the images and then the last couple of weeks i haven't i felt they were more self-explanatory but i should probably be consistent i'm still i'm still trying to find my footing on these sure, posts sure, yet. sure of like course. i like doing them and yeah the feedback I've gotten on them has actually been surprisingly positive, which I wasn't sure quite honest it was going to be. Um, so that makes me want to do it even more. And I'm still, I'm still feeling, feeling it out. Like I'm still trying to find my way with these posts. What do I really want to say with them? And, um, you know i'm taking a lot of the feedback to heart on on what i've been getting so far and uh yeah it's it's been good so i'm going to keep it up um and um you know see where it goes like just going to just going to keep working on it
0: yeah i don't know if this is beneficial to you in any way but like i would love to see some of this content on instagram too yeah
1: no i i i totally need to almost like a cross post type thing Yeah. like they should they should relate like i would love to
0: see their... some 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 stuff there too like a pic, like a picture of each product or whatever or something like that would be really cool
1: totally think that's a good idea let me write that down with my you y go Studio. write that down Brinkman, Kristoff, B. Nib, Ackerman, Delphs, and my notco.
0: Well, I'll book. just mention uh, we last week we spoke about blank slate paper, uh, <laughs> which is our friend Dave Ray's company. Um, and <laughs> so, if you remember last time, I created an ugly paper <laughs> format and put the link in the show notes because it's like a permanent link, so people could just go in and mess with it. And it's gotten real bad. It's just <laughs> really bad. It's very bad. Um, so I will put it in the show notes again. When you hear this, it's probably changed a lot since mm-hmm. I'm looking at it. But it's I keep I've been checking in on it a couple of times and uh, over the last week. And you oh my know, God, uh, it's it's bad. You know,
1: I think we're into like French rule um, territory here.
0: To the extreme. Yeah. So, yeah, this is pretty rough. Oh, God. I haven't thought about French rule in a long time. (laughs) Gosh, we used to use that in school. I have no memory of why, but we used to use French rule sometimes. Yeah. I talked to Dave on and off last
1: week, and we. Actually, did not break the site, so I'm pretty happy about that. I didn't think about that going hey, into that's it. That's great. I was a little so, bit
0: worried about it because I was worried that people I, so, were just yeah. gonna just gonna pop in there and, and tie around, which is great. Same here. But uh, I was a little bit worried that something bad was gonna happen, but didn't. Gosh, so why did I use French ruled paper? It had to just why be handwriting practice. For? Yeah, it must I mean, have been yeah really but it, yeah it must cool. have just been like handwriting class but i yeah.
1: still don't understand i still don't understand the reasoning of the the lines and the you know all the the narrow verticals and I things like that i think it's meant so.
0: To, to so you're like you're drawing your characters at the correct height, right? So, like, right. An L would go higher than a T mm-hmm. or whatever, you know? I think that's the reason right. that it has all of the horizontal lines within the thick horizontal lines. Mm-hmm. So, like, you're drawing to a specific line and not going above it. That's what I remember. But yeah. I hate that paper. Because <laughs> I didn't like handwriting classes, right? I hate them because I had <laughs> sure. bad handwriting. So it was always clearly just a test of my patience as a kid. So,
1: Yep. Yeah, But uh props to Dave on his coding skills for uh yep. us to do that, and not take down the site. Good yep. job by you, Dave. Um bad job by Sailor, Mike. I as much as we love him, I got to give I got to give him a uh if I'm not going to give him a shout out, what am I giving him? A shout down? Sure, a
0: whisper down. Okay. I don't know.
1: A whisper down. Okay. Tell off.
0: A tell off probably works. A tell
1: off. Yeah, let me tell off Sailor a little yeah. bit. A little bit. Um they raised their ink prices, what, a year and a half ago on a specific particular subset of inks that they were reformulating, repackaging, um, reevaluating, repricing um, for whatever businessy reasons they're doing. And then they kept the stock lineup of 10 or 12 normal quote inks in their 50 milliliter ink pots. And now they're yanking those. They're just Mm. getting rid of those, period. So the 50-milliliter ink pots that everyone's used to and has used for years and years and years that were wonderful inks and reasonably priced right now, around $18, give or take, they're now getting repackaged into the 20-milliliter glass bottle that they introduced a while back, and they're going to be $15. So... This is bad for us, obviously for as consumers of ink and as a Sailor ink fan, you know, it kind of stinks. Like, you know, I guess it is what it is. I'm not going to rail on them too hard, but the optics are crappy. Mm-hmm. You know, when you're looking at $18 for 50 milliliters and we're doing away with that and we're going to charge do the same ink for almost the same price for less than half the amount. Like it's mm. Like, it doesn't give you a warm fuzzy <laughs> about how they feel about their consumers. But, I mean, I guess they know what they're doing. They're, whatever their market research says, this is this is the size bottle we need to do. Like, they introduced in Japan last year that 100-and-something ink set of just numbers. Like, it was up in the, like, 120s, 130s, like, individual inks in these bottles. Like, they're making a lot of inks. They're making a lot of pens. They must be doing something right. So, I don't like it just from a consumer's perspective because they're they were my number one ink for years. Like my top five list has them as the number one ink. And I think this hurts that like I could knock them completely off the list just because the pricing is now doesn't line up with the other similar quality inks. Like all the top inks have similar characteristics and qualities. So what's the biggest
0: differentiator? Well, well it's probably gonna be price. It doesn't match up right now, but it could change. Sure. Right, the whole market could be moving and Sailor's just moving first, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, Or maybe the whole market moves because Sailor moves. Like, I'm sure that that Sailor have a very good reason for for making the change, which they're Mm -hmm. clearly making for economic purposes. Um, But yeah, I agree with you. Right now, they're overpriced. But if I was an ink manufacturer, I might be looking at my pricing again if Sailor is able to charge more money.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I know different companies have raised prices and some companies have lowered prices. Like, Orochizuku lowered price two years ago, year and a Mm -hmm. half ago. Mm -hmm. Um, Oster raised price. You know, there's a balance and a fine line that these companies are trying to figure out. Yeah. you know, Oster keeps changing and innovating, and they raised the price like a dollar. You know, Oroshizuku's been the same ink for a decade, so they lowered the price. Like, you know, it kind of makes sense in what they're doing. So there's always going to be some ebb and flow in the pricing structures, but this is just uh, strikes me as completely out of line based on what they've always offered in the past. But I mean, I understand things can't stay the same, and you know, the business aspects of it, whatever. But uh, this one seems especially strong if yeah you will.
0: sure sure
1: um speaking of outrageous pricing mike we had an stpa last week about an a4 folio you know to carry a notebook kind of a professional looking real nice quality folio and i thought you know the only one i really know about is the bellroy a4 a4 folio and i knew just in my head it was expensive but i didn't look at the price um, until our friends at the Sweet Setup posted a review, just so happens this week of the Bellroy A4 case, and I was like, "Oh, let me read this." Oh my God, it's three hundred dollars. It's beautiful, though. <laughs> it's beautiful. Isn't if this it? is like the if this is the only thing you own to like carry your stuff in, fine. But like, I there's no way I could like in any scenario recommend a $300 A4 folio unless you like live in this thing all day every day then it's probably worth it but like <laughs> that was that one even surprised me and I knew that the A5 case was like 180 or something like that just something really really crazily priced but uh you know I guess if, if you want something you mean you know we love Belroy mm-hmm. and I love their products that feels like a lot, but I I guess I'm coming at it from a perspective of I wouldn't use it constantly. If it's something that you lived in, you know, Monday through Friday, I could see that. But there were, we didn't get many recommendations for A4. About the only one I got was um, from Filofax. The so that Filofax is still making some decent uh, A4 size cases, and they're more in like the hundred dollar range, which um, you know. Seems to be like where I would go for that, but you know, this is this is a definite luxury item on that Belroy. I just didn't realize it at the time when I was saying, oh, "Yeah, maybe the Belroy one's good." I know it's expensive, but I, I was, I think I was even a little short
0: <laughs> on that. <laughs> 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 oh yeah, it's that blue though—it's stunning. Yeah.
1: I Those, I mean, yeah, I mean, you know, Josh was a friend of ours, and his the pictures and the review is great, and that blue leather is fantastic, but. Yeah. It's a it's a lot It's of money, a canale no? it's a it's a pen worth a worth a folio. So mm, put it that way. You know. Some people it's worth it.
0: This episode is brought to you by Pen Chalet. Pen Chalet sells more stuff. Amazing rollerballs, fountain pens, ballpoints, mechanical pencils and so much more. They sell income refills and they have your favorite brands. Whenever you're looking for something new, go check pen chalet because they have low prices on high quality pens with one hundred percent satisfaction guarantee on everything. They believe in making sure that you get the pens that you're looking for, the stuff that you're looking for, you get it in a timely fashion, and everything's taken care of. That's what Pen Chalet give you. If you are in the US and you spend over $50, which is not hard to do in, when you're buying pen stuff, you will get free shipping. But they also do international uh, shipping as well with very reasonable rates, and it's fast too. I've always been really happy with the stuff that I bought from Pen Chalet of which I've bought many things, because Penchalet are adding new products all the time and they're always doing great discounts as well. But there are no better discounts than the ones that Pen Pen Addict listeners get when they go to Penchalet. If you go to penchalet.com, click the podcast link at the top of the website and then enter the password Pen Addict, you will get yourself a code to save anything, to save 10% on anything, at at any time you just go there, you get that code. You'll get ten percent off whatever you want. But there's also, as always, a selection of wonderful offers just for Penn Addict listeners.
1: This page is actually breaking my face today because mm. I keep squint. I keep squinting at it, going, "Is that correct?" <laughs> and you know, Ron drops those in on us from time to time, and that's why we brag about him. That's why we love Penn Chalet so much because he really takes care of us and and the customers of Penn Chalet. There's some prices on here that just don't add up. Like yeah. there's two dip- there's two diplomat pins in here on the opposite ends of the spectrum. The diplomat Magnum is kind of their low end entry level pin at a price I've never seen before, and their high end diplomat Arrow, which I absolutely adore, think it's a great pin. I don't know what this price is like we should almost (laughs) without being like totally hyperbolic it's like it almost deserves an email to like ron saying are you sure
0: (laughs) did you see the price of this 37.76 that's a little bit further Uh, down the page
1: i have not gotten there and that's uh yeah that's at a level that's abnormal and then there's uh lami special edition
0: inc that's yeah at a silly price it's just a silly price so they're a great deal. Silly deals. price day. We're not going to tell you the prices because we do want you to go and look. Uh, yeah, you got to go look. Got to go look. That's what you got to do. com. Enter the password penaddict when you hit the podcast link at the top of the website. Our thanks to Penchalet for their continued support of this show and Relay FM. Penchalet's not the
1: only one with ink for sale, Mike. I did it. I did a thing.
0: Ah, yeah, I did. I think this is a pretty monumental day for Brad Dowdy. <laughs> <laughs> you you know you've you've made some stuff in the past, you've worked with some people, but this is important, you know. It's like mm. it feels to me as important as the first fountain pen that you made. The Retro nice. 51s are, are awesome, they're beautiful, right? They're really really fun, mm. but there's something about kind of like the fountain pen materials that are a bit like yeah. they're they they're like it's like a it's like an extra level. Now there is a pen addict ink, an official <laughs> ink. Can you imagine what color it would be? uh Mm. the pen addict official ink so uh (laughs) why now like why is this happening now
1: well it's a year years in the making just in the idea of it right like it's been a years long i should do an ink or brad you should do an ink question Mm -hmm. that i never felt like i had an answer to and then like all of a sudden boom it's for sale um that's kind of how it works in for me in my head um I knew I wanted to make an ink, but it had to be right, just like anything we do. You know, we just don't want to, you know. I'm not really a, let's throw it at the wall and see what sticks. I'm, let's take our time and see if we can get it as right as possible on the first go. And with fountain pen inks, I had convinced myself that doing an orange was, number one, too obvious, and number two felt that orange had pretty much been solved like why if I make an orange ink how can I tell you it's different and I struggled with that for a long time so when I started playing around with inks I started getting like samples in in like 2017 I was looking back at the dates on some of this and I was trying out blue blacks and purples and greens I was like well if I can find a color in there that I like I think I might go with that instead of orange And they just never stuck with me. Like, I never wanted to ink my pens, like, all the time with these inks. Like, the inks were great. I loved them. They're super great. And did I want it in, like, three pens at all times year-round, you know, and an extra fine and a wide and a broad and all these things. And I was like, I could never really latch on to that. So I kind of put that to the side. And then I don't remember exactly when... The idea for this ink hit me, but it was 100% due to a name I came up with, the, with the, for the ink. And you know the the ink is called. It's made by Robert Oster, which we'll we'll talk about all these things as we go. And the ink is called Fire on Fire, and it's an orange <laughs> ink.
0: You can't just gloss <laughs> over that name. <laughs>
1: we can't glance over the name because I am really proud of it. <laughs> I don't know when it hit me. It was I think it was sometime when I was traveling like I was on a plane or in a car and you know the ink idea has always been in the back of my head. And once I decided, well, it doesn't look like it's going to be blue or green or purple like I'm not completely happy with one of those. It's got to be an orange probably, but how am I going to make it orange and then I'm such a huge fan of Robert Oster inks and I have all the on fire inks, you know, lake on fire. He likes to set water on fire. Ice, he's a fire, big fire.
0: Fire and he's ice. A big, yeah. yeah.
1: Fire and ice was the first lake of fire, river of fire, carbon fire. There's some sparkly one on fire. Um, and I said, I, it just hit me. It's like fire on fire would be an orange ink, wouldn't it? And like, I'm having these conversations in my head and it's like, we could do an orange ink. With maybe a little bit of red sheen, um, I didn't want a reddish orange, and I didn't want a yellowish orange. It's like a pure orange, and then maybe a little hint of red. I wonder, one, if Robert Oster can do it, and two, he would be okay with me kind of making a joke at his expense, right? Because I'm really kind of, it's it's all in fun, right? I'm not, it's not like taking a shot at him, but it's a little bit, you know, fun mockery. You're being cheeky. Uh, yeah, I'm being cheeky, right? So would he be? Okay, like, so when I I came up with the name, I was like, this is it, but this is before I've even asked him, right? This is Mm -hmm. not Robert Oster, like, like, I haven't talked to him at all, and I was like, so I've got this idea, (laughs) let me tell you what, let me know what you think, and he's like, I'm in. He's like, you know, let's let's do this. So we started working on samples, and he was super he was super happy with the name, and he he appreciated, you know, what I was getting after, and like I knew when I had the name, if I could convince him to do it, it would be good, and yeah. and it is. It's like it's a really bright orange. It's like a good i I call it like a good all day writing orange, right? It's not gonna sear your retinas out, and it's not like too light. It's like a good mid range orange. And if you use an inkier pen, you'll get a hint of red sheen. Like I did not want an overly sheening ink. I did not want a sheening ink. You know, I just wanted a touch. If you had it, um, a lot of ink on the page, and uh, he he delivered. I'm uh, ecstatic with how it turned out, and I have I have it in use like all the time. I think I have three pens inked up with it. <laughs> inked up with it right now, at least two. Like an extra fine. And then like a medium nib, so I can see the different characteristics as I'm playing around with it and stuff. But um, yeah, like I'm I came up with the name, and he was on board, and he nailed the color, and now we have fire on fire, Mike. Like I, it couldn't have worked out better, I don't think. And like I'm just so happy with the color. I think it I think you're gonna like it.
0: I can't wait to see it. Um, yep. I, you know I love orange, and orange with some kind of effect to it is great. that's why I do like lucky orange from Mont mm-hmm. Blanc as well, right? Like I yep. feel like it's got something to it there that mm-hmm. I enjoy. So, yeah, I'm really excited I'm, and I'm very pleased that you've done this. I think it's awesome.
1: Yeah. Yeah, so I just order, I ordered 200 uh, bottles. You know, I have no idea, you know, when you're doing this type of thing, how it's going to go. I figured it would go pretty well and the first 200 are almost gone and I already have another 200 on the way here. So, um, I think it's gone well.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's about as well as it you would want it to go to yeah, basically I'm, I'm, sell out in a couple of days that's pretty <laughs> good
1: well the funny part well to me not to anyone else the people who have bought it i have not shipped them yet because of the insanely cold uh weather that's going across mm. the US i did not i could have started shipping on monday but that would have put a lot of ink in the air and in facilities that i can't control with really bad weather coming through. And I did want to risk the ink getting damaged. So I'm probably going to start shipping them this weekend. I'm um, I, I actually going to probably start packaging, up, packaging them up tomorrow. And get them in the mail by this weekend. Something like that. So there's a little delay in shipping. Only because I wanted to be extra cautious. With super crazy negative, negative uh, temperatures all across the U.S. right now. So... So thanks for everyone for ordering and not having your ink yet. <laughs> it's coming soon.
0: Yeah, super cool, man. I'm really, I'm really pleased about this. I'm excited. So there'll be a link in the show notes where you can buy it. It's on the Pan Attic website website. Uh, mm-hmm. That's the place to get it. Yep.
1: So, uh, I, you know, I, anytime you make something yourself, you're like, you're super pumped about it. But I, I, I think I nailed this one. I think the color came out great. So super happy with it. That's not the only thing I'm shilling today, Mike. All right. We did the Knock Co. Ooh La La Special Edition, mm-hmm. which was a really interesting project we wanted to take on at Knock because it was kind of our first non-Kickstarter crowdfunded product, right? So we did a direct pre-sale on the site. We had wonderful... Um, Fans and followers, Anna and Rodrigo, create this colorway that they said they wanted in a scene case. And we told them, well, if you can get kind of like supporters not to commit to buying, but like, you know, show your interest in buying this product, you know, we need like at least 200. Like if you can show that you have like 200 people pretty much interested in pre-ordering a product that you might not get for six months or more you know, we'd be up for trying this. And you know what? It's worked out. Um, we've run this campaign essentially for a month. Mm-hmm. It ends tomorrow at, at uh, midnight-ish or whenever I remember to take the page down after tomorrow at midnight-ish. Um, and we're going to order, get these cases on order. And it was interesting to see how this would do for knock. Not that it's going to be like an all-the-time type of thing. Like I wouldn't want to do like... I wouldn't want to do like rolling pre-orders of stuff all the time. That just gets to be a logistical nightmare. But if you can do like one project like this, see how it goes, see it through to completion, get it shipped, you know, that might be something we play around with, you know, like a crowd, uh crowdsourced, you know, design, color, pre-order, um, directly through knock outside of Kickstarter type thing. So this has been a good experiment for us. It's gone really well. And um, if you're interested in an A5C notebook case in a, color that you'll never be able to get again um, it's going away in like a day so
0: yeah, I think this this is is a last call an interesting idea for you right Mm -hmm. like if there's a specific call for a a thing or if you want to make something which is like one product it doesn't deserve its own Kickstarter campaign you now at least have an idea that it is possible for you to do pre-order campaigns and you know without too much stress um, I would assume so it's right. a good test case.
1: Ah, I see what you did
0: there. I, I didn't mean to do it, but I was proud of it anyway.
1: <laughs> I know. I know. I was proud of you. Yeah, that's exactly it. Like we've always had this idea. It allows us to order a smaller quantity and absorb the extra cost directly because it's not going to retail type of sales, right? we we'll, we're doing this for the community. Um, and we'll obviously still make money on it but we don't have to worry about like the exact amounts because there's not like a wholesale retail thing going in it's it's essentially a direct to customer presale um and uh, I I like how this has gone so far and I could see us doing this in the future not frequently like this is not something like every quarter you're going to get Like, here's, you know, here's the quarterly NotCo pre-order. That's not something we're interested in at all. But, like, once in a blue moon, if we got a really cool idea, I could see us doing this again. So, uh, thanks, Anna, for putting this, uh, putting us up to this. Um, I wouldn't we wouldn't have done it without her, uh, let's call it persistence. Uh, She knows I love her, and she did an awesome job of getting us to do this. So, thank you, Anna. Um speaking of thanks Mike uh, if I may have a moment mm-hmm. after all this selling things I just wanted to tell everyone thank you for letting me do this at, for a living like I feel weird like selling stuff all the time but I also understand that this is my livelihood and my business and the emails and comments that I get and you know the listeners to the show and the readers of the blog and followers on twitter and people who just like to comment and talk and you know say hi i just appreciate y'all so much that i am able to do this like i never in my wildest dreams that i think i'd be here today and i just wanted to say genuinely thank you so much for all of your support over the years like all the messages i read and and tweets and, and all that stuff. So I really, I really, really appreciate it. And uh, y'all are what keeps me going. And I love what I do. And I could not do it without y'all support. So thank you so much. So I just wanted to throw that out there.
0: I concur and feel like this is a great time to talk about a sponsor for yeah. similar reasons. Similar reasons. <laughs> Thank you, everybody. Uh, we have a new sponsor for the show, which is Mace the Design. It's a New York-based design studio, Mace the Design, and they work hard to create beautiful experiences for their customers. They produce hand-drawn, black-and-white typographic illustrations of buildings in New York. They use microns and Japanese brush pens. They use Kuretake number eight. They wanted me to tell everyone that that's what they're using to create this work. Um, The artwork is a mix between typographic lettering and architectural design, and the results are wonderful. Uh, So you can go take a look at them on their website. I will have links in the show notes for that. Uh, They're wonderful. The prints are produced in the United States as well. Um, the designs are available in beautifully crafted letterpress prints, as well as posters, greeting cards, and tote bags. And Mesa Design will be adding more cities and buildings in the future, um, as well as New York. And they sent me some of the letterpress prints. They are really just great looking designs. I, I do like the designs very much. It mixes a few favorite things for me, um, you know, like typography I enjoy, and letterpress, and New York City. Like, it's like, oh, yeah, I like all that yeah. stuff. Um, and the letterpressing is on point. It's very, very nicely done. It uh, feels great, looks great. Um, and we're currently, at, at the moment, we're like uh, we're working on framing stuff and hanging stuff at home. Like we have some big things, but we have a lot of little things. And one of these prints will be finding its way probably onto a wall in my office somewhere. So really, really wonderful stuff. And they've given uh, Pen Addict listeners the ability to get 15% off if you go to Maester Design and use the promo code Pen Addict. That is M A E. S T E R Design. Um, there'll be links in the show notes for that. And use the promo code PENADDICT and you'll get 15% off at maestodesign.com. Our thanks to Maester Design for their support of this show and Relay FM. All
1: right, Mike. So we have pin show season underway with Philly in the books, LA coming up, what, in two weeks or so, and then Baltimore in another four or five weeks. And Baltimore is going to be my first show and we're doing something a little different. This time with the events, like the show is going to be the same. It's going to be awesome. Um, it keeps getting better. Um, you know, with all the work that Bert and Corinne are, are doing behind the scenes to bring more fun into um, an already fun show. Last year was my first Baltimore show. I fell in love with it with uh, the way they run the show and, of course, the crowds that they brought because for all their hard work. So we did a had a really good time last year. So they had some ideas this time of what did they wanted to do differently at their pin show and how can they improve it so corinne months ago asked me she said hey i've got this idea we want to do this meet the makers panel where we get you know a lot of the pin people who make stuff in a room and we want you to interview them or like you know host it and you know toss questions at them and things like that i'm like ah that's a really good idea so it'd be like you know an event at the show where people can come to after the show so like it's for real now you know, it's going to happen on Friday of the pin Show, 6 p.m. Um, there is going to be a register. It's free, but you are going to have to register for it because seating is limited. I don't know what that seat count is. They'll launch it on the show. But I wanted to get your opinion as someone who goes to larger events, like, say, a podcon. What do you think of this type of event at a pin Show? And what other types of events would you like to see at a pin Show, knowing That your time is limited and you can't take up necessarily half a day of of people's time, you know, from going around to the the show um, necessarily. But uh, what do you think about this?
0: Well, I think that we have learned from doing Atlanta the last couple of years that people do really enjoy hearing the stories of other people. Um, Mm -hmm. So, like, that is a fun thing, which I assume you will be talking about in this panel, right? Like, the the stories behind the work that these people were producing.
1: Yeah. So real quick, before you continue, sorry, I should have mentioned it's uh, Mike Allen from woodshed pens, Jonathan Brooks, you all know him, Richard Greenwald and
0: Chet Herbert from Herbert pen company. So those are the panelists, if mm-hmm. you will. So good. So I'm go sure you'll be diving into like how and why they make some of the stuff that they make and stuff like that, which, yes. w- which is super, I find that stuff really interesting. Um, but I do think that in general, as there is a a trend in this industry of moving towards influencers and individuals who have something to say that having events where you get to hear from them as part of the pen show and just get to hear like, how do they do this thing that they, that they do, whether it be somebody who makes something or somebody like you where, you know, I'm sure that there are many, many people that go to a pen show that would love to get some tips on how to take great product photography for Instagram um or like uh, to hear a little bit more about kind of like some thoughts around pen blogging and stuff like that like th- mm-hmm. these are all like the ancillary parts that are of interest to many people that attend something like this uh so i think it's really great and i think it's why we continue to do these types of events at atlanta because for our purposes for the show It adds a level of additional complexity, right? Like to to have extra microphones and extra audio tracks and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, for ease of use, it would just be better if we didn't do it. But I think the content is so good and so interesting that we want to do that stuff. So,
1: And I think just on that point real quick, I think it's without question the thing that people remember the most about the show.
0: Yeah, I think so. Because yeah, it's it's added a new dimension to it. Um, we're lucky enough that there are enough people that go to that show and that want to come to it, but partly because of the fact that that we've helped kind of like yeah. raise the profile of it over the last few. And not years. just
1: I'm not I'm not saying that from just the podcast specifically, but I'm saying uh-huh. the people and after hours part. Not yeah, the, the podcast specifically, yeah. like people remember. The people they met and the stories they told. Yes, 100%. And I say this all the time more than they remember what tables they visited on Saturday at two o'clock.
0: So we get the opportunity to share those stories of people that also can't be there. Um, so yeah, I think right. this type of stuff is really cool and is a good idea. And and I would hope that more more pen shows could incorporate stuff like this, especially especially as. As time is going on, pen shows are becoming something that people travel to, so I think yeah. it is the responsibility of the promoters to have more variation in the things that can be attended
1: right. It's definitely more of an event, and we're going to talk about this more in our next yes. topic. It's more of a a let's plan to take a trip, not let's we have three hours Saturday afternoon let's swing by the pen show, yep, right so. So, yeah, I'm really looking forward to this. I'm starting to kind of write just a general idea of what I'm going to ask. You know, it's definitely going to be coming from a very basic level. Like mm-hmm. if people know the ins and outs of all the stories, you'll know some of that stuff, obviously. But we have to cover like all the basics. But I do want to know, based on that list of people, if you think you're going to be in Baltimore and you have questions, I want to get you want me to get in front of these makers? I'm all ears. Like I need this. I'm going to be asking for questions. I don't know if we're going to be able to do like a live Q&A during the event. You know, maybe we can. I we haven't bro- broached that subject yet. But just questions, email them to me, send them to me via Twitter, say, "Hey, you know, Mike Allen, why do you do this? Or hey, Jonathan, well, you know, whatever you have. If you think you're gonna, I will, I will definitely take priority for people who think they're gonna be in the show, right? I'm just, I don't want a, just a huge list of random questions because we'll only have an hour, and I think we shouldn't have any issue covering that up with um, four people and me talking. So, I would love to hear it. Email me hello at pennac with Baltimore, Meet the Makers panel questions. I would, I definitely want to know what you guys want to know from this group and I really look forward to it I think it's going to be fun. So one of the things when we're talking about pin shows in Philly in particular was the aspect of not forgetting the first time attendees at pin shows and that's something I wanted to focus on more this year and my friend Jacqueline who just popped up in the chat room so she know she must have known I was going to talk about her. She did a really wonderful post on her blog. So it's the Philly Pin Show twenty nineteen Reflections on Maximizing Your Pin Show Experience. I thought this was a fantastic kind of play by play. Let me take you through my weekend and tell you like the silly little minutia that you're too afraid to ask that you should ask. So let me tell you about it so I hopefully can make it easier for you next time. What did you think about this article, Mike?
0: I think it is, it is even though it is written as, a, as kind of a diary of a specific show kind of thing, right? Like, that perspective is like, here's the thing that happened, and here is, like, some of my thoughts on it. It's completely applicable to any pen show, mm-hmm. right? Like, there's almost the point of, like, calling it the Philly Pen Show experience, was it doesn't do justice to how good the article is. So, mm-hmm. what I wanted to say is, like, just from a very, very high-level perspective... The the list of kind of subheadings that Jacqueline has included in this post are just a perfect checklist for how you should operate if you are going to a pen show weekend. So I want to read them. Now, you should go and read the post because you'll get a little yes. bit more about it. But the headings are make a weekend of it. I agree, right? Like, make it a fun mm-hmm. thing. Take your time. Try as many things as you can. Save some budget for customization, any paid courses, and unexpected things you find. Do not miss the mixers, so the, the things in the evening when people are hanging out. Do your homework and get out of the hotel and check out the local stationery scene. Perfect. 100%. this percent a perfect list. This is a perfect list. Like It's mm-hmm. wonderful. Uh, this is exactly the way... That, that if you do this, if you follow this list of things, you will have a great experience at any pen show that you go to.
1: Right. So we want to continue banging the drum, not just this year, but forever and not forgetting the first time attendees or the new attendees that are going to these shows or have only been, you know, for an afternoon on Saturday and are actually making a trip out of it. We want to, you know, be that support system, make everyone a little bit more comfortable, about going because it, it can be intense it could be overwhelming um our group as a whole is a giant bunch of introverts that have a hard time being mm-hmm. in the same room with a lot of people and just making it easier and open and comfortable for everyone to have a great time i've never seen a community that will band um band together for the greater good more than the the pin community has and will continue to do and she you know like a couple of specific points in there like she she made a point of saying you know if you're by yourself and you see a table of pin people walk up and sit down like that is a really hard thing for someone who's an introvert to do but i've never seen it so open and welcoming at a pin show for someone to be able to do that like i've done it like you know yeah and I've seen other people and people have done it to me. Like if people have come up, don't know me, you know, or, you know, maybe know me from the pen addict and the blog and stuff. And, you know, I'm sitting there with like three other people, you know, like in a small group, they'll come up and then we'll say, Hey, pull up a chair. Come on, let's go. And that that that's it. Like this, this community is, is, is awesome for that. And another point she made earlier, which I laughed at, is like, if I'm there and I bring a Nakaya and I hand it to you, you're going to try it. Mm hmm. It's just the way it is. <laughs> like I'm not handing it to you because I want you to like say, oh no, I can't do that. Take the pen and try it. Cause you're you may not got get that opportunity again. It's like we we've said all the a lot of these things in the past, but reiterating them because there's always new people coming to the shows, just how much information we can pass along not just inside the show or on the show floor but outside in you know the restaurant the bar area and the getting out of town and going out to dinner those things like it's a big deal for someone who's never done it before so anything we can do to help um we want to and posts like this one from Jacqueline are going to be something we'll be sharing
0: a lot yeah most definitely because uh we are big proponents for going to these things and enjoying them right like I think it's something that we truly truly believe in Yep. Okay, let's thank our final sponsor for this week's show, and that is our friends over at Squarespace. We love Squarespace here at the Pen Attic. they've been a again a long time supporter, but it's a product that we both use extensively. You can make your next move and make a beautiful website with Squarespace. They give you all of the tools that you're going to need to put your next project online. You can create a website so easily to host your next idea for your next project, for your next event. They give you all of the tools and all of the functionality that you're going to want and they make it super, super simple. You don't have to install anything or patch anything or upgrade anything. In fact, they have award-winning 24-7 customer support. They have it right there in case you need anything. You can quickly and easily grab a unique domain name, you can take advantage of and customize beautiful award-winning templates and so, so much more. You can create portfolios, blogs, stores, sites for big events like we've created our wedding website on Squarespace they have all of these different templates that you can take advantage of to help give you inspiration but you can also start completely from scratch with one of their beautiful templates and customize it and lay it out to your heart's content. So easy to do and the great thing about Squarespace is once you've got it how you want it, you don't have to worry about anything else because they take care of everything for you. Um, you can sign up for a free trial, just go to squarespace.com slash penaddict you can play around you can build your website and then when you ready to launch it to the world, just uh, sign up for a plan. They plan plans start at just $12 a month, but you can get 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain when you use the code PENADDICT to check out. Um, our thanks to Squarespace for their support of the show. That is squarespace.com slash PENADDICT and the code PENADDICT for 10% off your first purchase, Squarespace. Make your next move, make your next website.
1: Alright, we got a bunch of good ass TPA okay. this week. I think we can get to them all. will actually even had a k- couple of extra ones that came in this mm, morning. I don't mm. know if we'll be able to get to we'll them all see. or not. We'll see. But
0: we don't want to get rid of all of them because we might not have <laughs> any next time.
1: I know. I know, right? So this first one from Kimmer kind of goes in hand with what we were just talking about, pin show. She said, can we do a field trip to Jet Pins or Blackwing during the fun pin show in August in Redwood City? So she means San Francisco, um, which is, I, I like that uh, idea. Okay. That, uh, I like the idea that she's calling it the fun pin show. You know, I might take some umbrage to that. You know, Atlanta's pretty fun. Baltimore's pretty fun. Some of the other pin show... Uh, sites might take a little umbrage to that, but I get, I get you Kimmer. Um, you know, I, you know, that's part of, you know, can you plan extra days in to go do those things? I don't know if they would allow for that, but really what we should do is bang the drum to get them to come to the fun pin show that would be a lot cooler for everybody involved in the show. So I don't even know if that's possible or if they would want to, I would think maybe they would, but who am I to say, but how cool would that be for, to have like some different, um, some different some different vendors at the show. Um, you know, we all we love all of our regular vendors, but you know, uh jetpins and blackwing are such uh, icons in our little space and they're in that general area of the San Francisco Pin show. So that would be kind of that would be kind of fun. Mm-hmm. All right. I want you to you take this next one because you don't have exact experience with this, but uh, you kind you kind of have something similar.
0: Yeah. So electric penguin says, "I received a Pelican M two o five Duo highlighter ink, which says to only put it in an M two o five Duo. Why? What harm would it cause another pen? I'm considering Twisby a Twisby Go or a Cafeco Ice eyedropper instead of a stub nib. Um, so I actually have that Pelican M two o five highlighter ink. Mm. I bought it once." and never used it. And then I I also recently purchased a Sailor 1911 highlighter pen, uh, mm-hmm. which is in like, it's this beautiful green lime kind of yellowy highlighter color, but also comes with highlighter ink. Uh, and I bought the pen just because I love the color of it and got a pretty yeah. good deal on it on Wonder Pens. Um, this isn't going to do anything to any other pen. They just want you to buy nope. a, the M205 highlighter edition, <laughs> which is a yep. really cool pen as well. It's great. Um, but it's, unless they are doing something that like, it will specifically erode every other pen, which they're not. No. Uh, I wouldn't consider this an issue of any kind. They would just really love it if you bought the whole set. <laughs> yep. Use it wherever you want, Electric mm-hmm. Penguin.
1: Have fun with it. It's a pretty cool ink. Yep. I like it. So Jason says, I am buying a Franklin Christoph Model 46. Would you recommend a gold or a steel nib? Like, I mean, that's an unanswerable question. You're going to have to answer that for yourself if you're going to Uh, force me to answer I'm going to say steel probably every time Um, from my perspective from the way I write the way I have a firm hand I like a fine line I like to block print so steel nibs work really well for all of those things because they're firmer
0: you might and this is your gold nib experience because I would say gold nib because I right. pre- always prefer gold nibs over steel nibs. Steel nibs can give me some trouble sometimes. Like, there's not enough like flex to them. And with the way that I write, being like a left handed over worker, uh, sometimes it just doesn't flow well enough and they get scratchy. Um, where gold nibs don't for me because they're softer. Mm-hmm. So it's mm-hmm. easier for me to produce a line from a gold nib than it is a steel nib sometimes. Yep. So, so there's you your answer, try Jason. It. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately, you're gonna need so, to try yeah. it.
1: That's a. I mean, that's just a tough, tough answer. But yeah. like, I'm almost always gonna pick a steel nib, and other people will never touch one. So, just and and it's not a materials preference. It's more of a and writing like, preference also, than a materials preference. This
0: isn't even like a defined thing. I have some steel nibs that I absolutely adore. Some gold nibs that I don't like. Uh, there. It really differs from pen to pen, nib maker to nib maker and size. Like, sometimes a steel nib on a fine pen is better than a gold nib on a fine pen, depending on what you're looking for. Um, So this is just one of those things that sometimes if you can't try, you just have to take a gamble on it.
1: Yep, yep. All right, F Nordstrom says, what are your thoughts on the platinum Machia brush pen that supposedly takes Fountain Pen Ink? Have you seen it or tried it? Um, So it could take any fountain pen ink because it's a cartridge based brush pen a lot of artists will just use the the platinum carbon black cartridges that i'm i'm sure it ships with if not that's probably like the regular thing so yeah i mean it's completely normal it's depending on the ink you use it could be more of a a, a lighter color brush you know if you're using you know non pigmented fountain pen pen inks oh they're great These pens are super popular. You're obviously paying a premium for the Maquiae work, right? It's normally like a, I don't know, $20 pen, but it's just stunning. These get rave reviews from artists. I would never use them because their brush is a long brush. It's a long, soft brush. So that's really an artist brush. And I'm, as much as I love my brush pens, they're all firm and fine because I use them for handwriting. Um, but these are highly recommended by artists. I see them all the time, um, and they like them because they can just pop those cartridges in and keep going to town. So yeah, they're very popular. So if that's something you're interested in, and you think you'll use it, they're very they come very highly recommended. All right, Atlas One Hundred wants to experiment with an architect grind fountain pen nib. What is a good size nib to modify? Should it be a broad? I think it should. If you're experimenting. I think the wider, the better for your first architect nib. And then you can, if you like the style, because it is, it is extremely different. Like I'm pretty open to trying different styles of nibs and can get used to different feels and angles. Like I'm fine playing with all that. And architect even took me a while to get used to in a broad, but that is the best architect nib I have is the broad one. That's the one I would recommend to the most people because it takes a lot of getting used to Mm -hmm. now. I have a micro like a, I don't I think it's I don't know if it's on a fine or an extra fine steel nib that that is my nib right that is really made for me what I would like not in a million years what I recommend anyone to experiment with that as their first architect nib grind so you got to go broad uh, out the gate
0: yeah and I think if you if you're experimenting as well like probably don't try and put it on anything too expensive or you know like if there's yeah. a way to give it a go cuz i've tried I, I don't i don't like architect grinds yeah. everyone likes them but it doesn't work for
1: me i got mine on a platinum 3776 broad nib and i think that's an excellent choice because that price yeah i wanted a gold nib for it for mm-hmm. one mm-hmm. um the platinum nibs are fantastic for uh nibsmiths and nib grinders to work with and like that's just kind of the perfect platform for that type of nib, I yeah, feel. I would I would, ex- there's lots I would of choices. expect
0: a typical rule of thumb for this, for any nib grinding, is you're only gonna get something it's only gonna be as good as the materials that you can put into it. And mm-hmm. if you're starting with something that isn't that great, it's maybe not going to be as good if you start with something like a platinum nib, whereas everything is... Mm-hmm. An, it's all perfect, right? It's easy to work with. They've yep. already knows how to do it, and you're starting at a great place. So, like, it doesn't have to be fixed before it can be amended. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. Jay
1: Mary says, when journaling in my Loitch term, my hands end up half off the notebook onto the desk when nearing the bottom of a page due to the thickness of the notebook. It's very uncomfortable, and I have to contort my grip to adjust my handwriting to compensate? Am I alone with this? No, cool, this not. is the his, historical issue with any bound notebooks. Can you imagine? Back, uh, you, you've seen some of the size of the books in in that the British stole in all the alls museums mm-hmm. over there, right, Mike? How how can you imagine their their hands off the edge? Of the books, you just kind of you're going to have to adjust. If anyone actually has a legitimate answer to this, other than sticking another equally sized notebook below it <laughs> to match up the <laughs> the height, I mean, this is an I'm not going to say it's an unsolvable problem, but it's not a problem that people are focusing on. That, that there are like, like a given
0: wrist rests, like there are keyboard wrist rests that you would yeah. use, right?
1: But you're still at that point. You're still moving your writing space forward or upwards, like mm-hmm. if you're sitting at a desk, right? You're still, or your arm is having to come down or backwards. So yeah, it's a it's a tough, it's a tough sell. And you know, that's why I tend not to use probably the last quarter of the page on a lot of notebooks. Maybe that quarter's too much, maybe the last eighth of a, like an A5 bound notebook, like a Leuch term, because my hand goes off the edge and my handwriting gets worse. And I don't know... I don't know a solution to that. That's a that's an awesome question. Like it, that question never comes up, I think, because just people say, "Huh, eh, that's the way it is." Yeah. Maybe just, there's a solution we're missing.
0: You you get used to it, or you get a notebook that is different. <laughs> it's like okay, right. well, don't get thick ones <laughs> right. anymore then, right? Like you know, or, or like get a bigger one. I don't know what it yeah. is. Yeah. I
1: don't like thick notebooks for that exact reason, right? Mm. Like the A5 large term thickness is about as thick as a standard notebook. I'll go. Um, you know, I know the Hippo is super popular, so like if you get something like that, which is a, an awesome notebook, you're gonna have to deal with, you know, kind of the the brick style uh layout that it is. You're gonna have a, a large drop off when you get to the end. So
0: my issue you know, isn't it's
1: something you gotta think about.
0: So my issue with big notebooks, thick notebooks, isn't the like the hovering hand, because I I don't really have a problem with that. It is when you're at the beginning or at the end and you're trying to use the thin side. Right. Mm-hmm. So like you've got a notebook yes. open and you're trying to write all the way to the edge of the thin side, but then you're like an inch off the table. Right. Like I don't like that. Yep. Yep.
1: So, yeah, I, I'd love to hear some feedback on this question. I don't, I don't know that we've ever gotten this question, but every single I've one never of us deals really with this <laughs> of it before. Honestly,
0: like it's never really popped into my head as a way that yeah. this is a solvable problem, but it probably <laughs> yeah. is in some way. Yeah. I mean, probably the easiest way is as you said, you buy two of them and you just put them <laughs> next to each other, and then you're good. You got- <laughs> Our last question comes from uh, J W Sanders Junior. That is a difficult Twitter handle to just read out, by the way. Like I was looking at that earlier, you- right?
1: You nailed that. I was not even there at all. Because otherwise, got it it's like just Wander's Drew. That's what I... Was, that I totally would have said that. I get in trouble
0: on Twitch sometimes. Uh, this, this is going to be how it's going to be. Uh, so, <laughs> J.W. Sanders Jr. says, I've got a Schaefer Targa that is having nib issues, possibly bent up from the feed. Um, I know it would be best to see a Nibmeister in person, but I do not have that option. Uh, Do you have recommendations or advice on how to handle having nib work done via the mail?
1: You 100% should get it done via mail. Yeah, It is
0: definitely a harder uh, um, thing to go through. uh, Mm. Because I get the feeling of like if something goes wrong and you're with someone you can get it taken care of. But like Yep. If you're mailing it, well now that's a lot more mailing backwards and forwards and then you've got might have questions of like well it was okay when I sent it to you you know like all that kind of stuff. Like I totally get the anxiety around it, but mm-hmm. isn't it better to give it a go rather than have a pen that you can't use anymore that you enjoy? 100%. You know.
1: So, yeah, and they're going to get it back to if it's a bent nib, they're going to get it back to that standard baseline and it's going to be like a really great writer, like you know, if you are getting a grind, that's going to have to fit like your handwriting preference. You know, that's maybe something you want to try in right. person first. But yes. for a repair, repairing, there is a, a really good standard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there is a standard baseline that it will
0: be returned to, which yeah. will be perfect. Like they're just going to get it back writing. to how it should be, right? Because right. these people are so talented, they don't even need to know what a chaffer target feels like. They can just look at it and be like, "Oh, I see what's wrong with it." Right, right. Yep. But who should so, they yeah. send it to, though?
1: That's, that's. I mean, any of the uh, nibmeisters that are in our community are all going to be able to handle this fine. Mark Backus, Dan Smith, Mike Masayama. I mean, I'll forget half of them, but I, there's no one that wouldn't be able to handle this pretty in a pretty straightforward manner, unless it's obviously some weird mangling going on. But um, they can all make it a happy writing experience again.
0: All right, could you actually? Could you tell me? You said three people, and I missed one of them.
1: Um, Bacchus, Dan Smith, Mike. Dan
0: Smith. That's what I wrote. Dave Smith. Mm. Hmm. I just want to get them in the notes.
1: Tom Bobson.
0: Tom Bobson. Everybody loves Tom Bobson. So it's Dan Smith. All right, great. Okay. All right, so I think that brings us to the end of this episode.
1: We have a lot more as TPA to get to, Mike. We'll uh, we'll chalk those up for next week. I want to save some more. I don't want to. I don't want
0: to do them all because then you end up. These are good questions, and then it's like, oh no, now we haven't got any. I always like to. You got to keep some in the in the hopper, as it were. I I agree. I agree. If you want to find our show notes for this week, you can uh, hopefully find them in your uh, podcast app of choice. But if you don't, you can go to relay.fm slash addict slash three four four and everything is all there, um including the links to our sponsors, links to Brad's new stuff and everything that he's working on. There's a lot of great stuff going on there, link to a lot of the products and people that we've spoken about on the episode. Um or and also there's a there's a link um to the uh the pen kind of Kind of the pen show experience Bible that Jacqueline wrote. (laughs) Uh, You can find links to that there too. Um, If you want to find Brad online, go to penaddict.com and knock.co. You can find him on Twitter at dowdyism, D-O-W-D-Y-I-S-M, penaddict on Instagram, and twitch.tv slash penaddict as well. Um, I am at imike, I-M-Y-K-E, on Instagram and on Twitter as well. Uh, Thanks again to our sponsors this week, Master Designs, Squarespace, and Pen Chalet. Uh, We'll be back next time. Until then, say goodbye, Brad. Goodbye, Brad. Goodbye, Bobson.